0: So excited to share with you Dr. Anne-Marie Spatafori, Managing Principal of PowerLab. You're going to love her fresh and bold perspective. On the cusp of launching her new book, There's Only I in Team, Anne-Marie shares that the solution to figuring out how to thrive in the new dispersed work environment is to have managers and employees partner with each other to define what works best for each individual. This requires employees taking responsibility for knowing themselves and for employers to enter into authentic, vulnerable conversations to meet their needs, the needs of the business, and the needs of the employees. Anne-Marie challenges us to think about engagement differently, one in which both sides are responsible. Hello and welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere. I'm your co-host Mitch Simon on the West Coast and on the East Coast we have our lovely co-host Ginny Bianca Mathis. Now on today's episode we are so excited we have Dr. Anne-Marie Spadafore, Executive Coach and Managing Principal of Power Lab. I think I got that right. Yes, awesome, great. Um, So it's great to have you on the show. Anne-Marie, how are you today?
2: I, I'm doing great. Hey, it's a beautiful spring day here on the East Coast. And I'm and on the West to be Coast, here. too, from what I hear. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes,
1: all- well, welcome, Anne-Marie. We love having you today. And let's just start off with a question we've been asking most of our guests during this time, which is, uh, how have you navigated 2019, 2020 into 21? Um, how, how has your journey been? What have you learned?
2: Oh, yeah. Great question, Jenny. Wow. Well, I am even more resilient than I realized. For someone who teaches resilience, right, this is the ultimate test. (laughs) Yeah. It's also been nice to learn that others can flex uh, surprisingly more than I realized. I mean, I think everybody is learning about what they're capable of these days. And, uh, you know, I think health and well-being is going to be continue to be a real priority. I mean, I know it is for myself and I know it will continue to be for our clients and just for everyone in general. And then the other thing I've been thinking about this a lot lately is I, I just think the workplace has changed fundamentally. And I think this is exciting and scary for, for those of us who work with leaders.
1: Right, mm-hmm. right. well, that's a great segue into leaders <laughs> uh, you uh, work with leaders on many different levels. What mm-hmm. have you seen um major trends with the leaders themselves over this time a transition from both working um some still face to face, others and most of them in some kind of hybrid virtual environment mm-hmm. uh, How are
2: they feeling? What are they doing? Mm. Successes, challenges? Right. So, I mean, I've had clients try everything under the sun to keep people engaged from the very beginning. You know, we had the Zoom happy hours. People sent gift baskets. They tried to do additional recognition. Um, I think now they realize a lot of this is a little bit out of their hands. Um, I really wonder if this experience has really forced people to think about engagement differently as something that maybe both sides are responsible for, not just something that an organization provides to its people. So I I think that's Mm -hmm. been interesting. I've also had a lot of clients that have gotten a lot out of working from home. They have sort of like a new lease on life, which is really wonderful to see. Um, Some of my senior executive clients have really enjoyed connecting with their families. Um, I think that's been really valuable. And I think for some of them, this has helped them step back from from where they were, maybe being a little too overbearing, um, maybe a little too overinvolved involved at work. So achieving a little bit more of that balance. like <laughs> Right, right. And I think that those who've had the most success in this environment are people who who haven't been overly responsible for their team members, which is kind of something I'll be talking about in the book. Um, so basically providing providing their team members with what they need to be able to do the work and then getting out of their way. So taking more of, of what I call like a partnership approach instead of, more of like a hierarchical approach, um, and what I have seen is the clients that have taken the time to get to know themselves more in the past year uh, have really been the most successful. They're the ones who've gotten new roles, who've got promoted, and, or had significant achievements even during the pandemic. So, getting to know yourself, like re uh, rediscovering your strengths, rediscovering you know what is important to you, I think is, is is a very important first step to to achieving some some really great things down the road.
1: Right. Right. We have seen that as a trend
2: ourselves. Mm -hmm. What have
0: you found? um, What have you found, Anne-Marie, that that people have actually done to rediscover their strengths?
2: So I think part of it is just getting comfortable with the quietness of being at home all the time. (laughs) And the way it reorders priorities like, oh, you know, I actually like baking or I'm actually interested in gardening. Like I have the time to do these things. I'm not just running around from place to place. Um, you know, that prioritizing family, you know, not, along with work, not just one or the other, you know, I've, I've got to run, I've got a plane to catch or this or that or the other. So really taking the time to think about what is really important to me? What do I really care about? Uh, what is really motivating for me? I, I was just on a, on a coaching call with a client right before this. And we were talking about, you know, what is it that I have left to achieve in my career and, mm. and how, how, do I, how best do I go about that? Right. Can I do that at the organization that I'm at or might, might I need to move on? Right. So, so I think just taking, taking the time to kind of not fill all the quiet space with, with distractions, but just really being willing to kind of sit with yourself and go, what is it that I want out of this? this mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Which feeds into being with greatness at work. You know, it, it really does.
1: Yes. Right. It, mm-hmm. One energizes the other mm-hmm. um, I- and they're, they're fine. You know, things are still taking time, but we have been g- given the gift of taking out that traveling,
2: mm-hmm. the
1: ease of going meeting to meeting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful space, actually. Yes. Uh, For those who didn't have to worry about where's my next job, Uh, we are talking about a certain segment of the
2: world. Everybody's been different. And I think, but I I think even people who have had that, you know, a little bit more of a different experience, I think it still has forced them to reorder their priorities, you know? Um, Yes, yes. I I think we all have have had space, maybe space to think, maybe not physical space, but (laughs) space to think. Right. Totally. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, what uh,
1: excited us in terms mm-hmm. of wanting you to, to be as a guest is something you already mentioned, which is you have a book coming out in December. Yes. yes. And uh, we will get into some of the specifics. But at first, can you just share with us an overview why this book and more importantly, <laughs> the title, <laughs> There Is Only I, In team, and
2: yes, audience, you did hear that right. There is only (laughs) I in team. So, Ginny, as you know, and Mitch, coaching is a fascinating profession because it really enables us to to get to know people, and if we're smart, to understand also how environments influence their behavior as well. And I've seen a lot of talented people who who ended up with like the best way to describe it is like having a coating of dust covering up who they really are, and quite frankly, like their future potential it covered up their awesomeness, essentially. So just like this layer of dust. And in coaching, I helped them understand, you know, uncover this awesomeness, right? That was was under the dust. And that really led me to understand, like, what is causing this layer of dust in the first place? And surprisingly, I think... It, this layer of dust could be other people. <laughs> uh, people could be losing their awesomeness because they lose themselves, you know, when they're around other people. And I wanted to explore that phenomenon, to explore some of the research, and also how I see it happening with my clients. Uh, I also wanted to understand what's the right way to coach people in these situations. Um, so I want to share what I've learned over the years. And that's essentially the meaning behind the the, the title. The I and team is what makes each of us awesome, and the book is about helping people re- rediscover. What's been covered in the dust, and I make you know make the argument that if everybody gets up from under that dust, we are all so much more effective, and we have more fun too.
1: As mm-hmm. and um, and hopefully you'll share with us then how a leader can also instill that mm-hmm. in the team mm-hmm, right, yeah, so the whole team yes. can shake off that
2: dust. Okay, yes, so exactly.
1: let's let's get into some of that. What um are two or three, you know, recommendations that your book makes? And what examples um, yeah. can you give us and yeah. uh, from both uh, well, especially going into this new environment, which yeah. is most likely hybrid,
2: right, right. right. So one of the first tips is to maintain responsibility for yourself. And that is to remember that you only control yourself, right? That wonderful coaching question, like what's in your, what's within your control. And the truth is, is we only can fully control ourselves. Um, so I think part of this is awareness. So meaning like being realistic about what's possible in your environment and with each person, because each person is different. Um, and just because you want people to be one way, doesn't mean that what they can. And so, you know, like an example of this is, you know, I've just I've talked to clients recently who not only are they sort of navigating like the return to work or the future of work, but there's also organizational changes. You know, there's there's new leadership in organizations, there's there's new cultures. And in that feeling, like you're really caught up in this whirlwind, right? So how how do you sort of maintain perspective? How do you maintain, you know, the ability to deal with it? And it, it really just starts with yourself. And it's not, it's not selfishness to really think about, okay what do I have control over? It's me. And how does me recognizing that, that I have control over myself helps other people recognize that they are in control of themselves and on down the line. Right. And so you find people's functioning sort of improving as a result of that.
1: They almost need to, uh, and I know folks are doing this, leaders are doing this, teams are doing this. What is now my role? Mm -hmm. They're redefining. Mm -hmm. And that means looking at the eye. So then, I can be my best self,
2: right. right? Right. As I lead, and as each team
1: member also realizes this, exactly,
2: exactly. And you know, one of the one another tip is like being aware of your strengths and what's important to you, and kind of like what we talked about earlier. So again, in this environment, we can lose ourselves rather quickly, and it's it's a function of the anxiety that's in the society because of the pandemic, but even just overall, right? All the economic uncertainty, etc. And then anxiety that's already within organizations or even within within people. So um, it's easy to lose ourselves, and and you know this is where this dust comes from. So um, we, we really want to uh, again un- understand that that can produce that dust that can cover up our, our who we really are. So taking the time to understand you know what are our strengths, what are is most po- important to us, I think is is really valuable right now. I mean, think about it this way, right? Return to work. You're like, okay, do I have a choice? Do I have a choice to go back entirely? Do I have a choice to do hybrid? What really makes most sense for me in terms of, you know, my future career? If I'm somewhere where I feel like, you know, things are going really well the way things are, maybe I don't need to make a change. If I'm someone who feels like, hey, you know, I really want to be up for that promotion, I need to have more FaceTime, then obviously, you know, maybe returning to work is, is more important for you. If you have the luxury of having a choice thinking about what is it that I want to achieve? Where are my strengths? How do I play to my strengths? How do I achieve, you know, what I'm capable of achieving in this new environment? Mm-hmm.
0: I, um, I love that, anne um, because I was just telling Jenny about an article in the Wall Street Journal yesterday about a lot of people's intrepidation about going back to work and, uh, and, and, and where most companies are basically, well, the company is going to figure out their policy and, you know, if you look behind the curtain a little bit for all of us coaches on on the call, we know that the, the people leading the companies really don't know yes. what they, what they yes. want to do with the best. Yes. Um, um, I really um, appreciate where you're saying you know, for each worker, you need to look at your situation, look at your strengths, look what works for you, and then come up with a solution, which I guess um, what you're seeing is you know with the pandemic, the pandemic, or open the Pandora's box, which is to basically say, okay, so you know if you want independence, well, then you need to own it and you need to make your choice, what works for you, um, and you have yeah. to realize what's at stake. So if you know, if this is your first day at work, you probably should go into the office a little bit more, right?
2: <laughs> right. Right, if is,
0: right. But if you're, you know, maybe five years in, then maybe that's much more hybrid. If you're maybe 10 or 20 years in, there might be a little bit different. Um, it's time, it's age, it's experience, it's a job, it's your family setting. Um, but mm-hmm. but this really is a time for you to figure this out, what works best for you and to know yourself.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love, I love what you said about own it for sure. Yeah. Right, because you mentioned um, the
1: mutual responsibility. So mm-hmm. I can see leaders and organizations not just saying, here's your choice, click the box, but here's a little job aid to
2: think that through. Yes, yes. I think nice. this is a real opportunity for a coaching conversation between between leaders and, and the people that they lead in terms right. of um, what leaders have a tendency to do is want to treat everyone the same. And, you know, in the the interest of of fairness, right. But I think that in this case, everyone's situation is going to be different. Just like with the pandemic, everyone's working from home situation was slightly different. So, so we've gotten to the point where we're comfortable with the fact that everybody has different needs, different constraints, right. And, you know, we're presuming that people are bringing their best. So they're not just, you know, kind of like social loafing, right. But they, (laughs) uh, you know, they really do if they have some, some specific needs, um, that, that require them to be at home. Okay, well, then there's some, you know, career implications, you know, for that. It's not forever. It's just for this situation, things can always change. So I think just being a little bit more playful, being a little bit more curious, being a little bit more open to having yes. different people do different. And, and I think the it takes maturity in the leader to be like, if someone comes to them and say, well, you know, so and so is doing this, and, you know, I'd like that, you know, to be able to turn around and say, well, that works for so-and-so, but what about for you? What would work best for you? Fabulous. You know? Right, right. And and that's a very
1: different mindset. It is yeah. a very
2: different mindset. And and I, you know, I don't, I, I disabuse myself of this, uh, you know, fantasy that every leader is going to be able to take that on because it's, it's mm-hmm. asking a lot of them um, to, to lead in a different way. But what? What what has this pandemic taught us? If it's not that like there's other things that are possible than we thought were possible, right? So, right. Like, being able to take advantage of the moment and and to be quite honest, you, I think it would be more fun and beneficial for the leaders themselves if they could just acknowledge the fact that everybody's different, everyone's an individual, they're going to need different things, and it probably could be a little, a little bit more fun and maybe a little bit less stressful. In, tr- in trying not to be so like doing the same thing for every person. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It takes a li- Maybe it takes a little bit more effort to get to know the person and help them figure out what it is that is going to work best for them um, and for the organization, obviously. Uh, but I think it's actually going to be more enjoyable because there will be a lot more inner motivation, a lot more intrinsic motivation. Yes. Uh, yes. And so I think maybe there's a little bit more work on the front end, but there's less work on the back end for leaders to motivate and engage because that might be happening. You know, I love what
1: you just said, Anne-Marie. In fact, all of this working in a hybrid environment will be causing a lot more upfront work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's different. Yes. Wait, I'm going to a meeting. Half the people aren't there. I need to mindfully think through that Mm -hmm. meeting agenda and what I want out of it Mm -hmm. or what even mode am I going to be using? Right. Right. What plat, right. So it's also on the mind side. Yes. uh, Also that the,
2: yeah, love it. All right. What's another recommendation from your book? So I, I mentioned curiosity. I, I think curiosity, you know, I'm sure you've talked about this many times. Like that is such an important skill set for a leader. Um, and you know, rather than getting frustrated, why not think of yourself as like a character, you know, or like someone who's watching this sort of play out in a in a TV show, right? You're observing characters, including yourself in this TV show. So like, what's the motivation behind each of these characters? Um, What's the motivation behind these decisions? Like kind of having, cultivating that like larger systems-wide perspective. And um, when you're curious, you're learning and thinking, and that means that you're not having an emotional reaction. So I think uh, we do not do our best thinking uh, when we're having emotional reactions. Um, I think everybody at this point knows that. But it's very hard for us to get out of that emotional space and think more clearly. And curiosity can really help that. Um, and it can really help us with, with a clearer thinking. And again, it's, it's much easier to be curious about what other people are doing when we're not feeling like we are responsible for, the, for, for them, when we recognize that they are adults are responsible for themselves. And even though we have a preference for how they might behave, like it, that's our preference, it's not who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we just get the most out of just realistically looking at who they are being curious, staying curious, and then, um, you know, trying to, trying to just roll with what with what, with what is happening. And it's funny, I think about this a lot as I'm writing this book and we do this so much in our personal lives where we're like, okay, we've got family members that are a certain way and we've got family members that are other ways. We have friends that are a certain way. We have friends that are other ways. I'm sure we'd all love to change things about other people. Um, But a lot of times when it comes to our friends and family members, we just accept, you know, there's parts of them, right? We may not like it. We may joke about it, right? Thanksgiving dinner, you know, whatever. But like, (laughs) we accept them. And I just wonder, like, I feel like we have a much lower tolerance in the workplace. And it's kind of interesting because I just don't understand why, you know?
1: Fabulous. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no, That's good. And it, it actually means we have to rethink structures that word in of itself yeah. has over the past, you know, many years. Well, we need guidelines. Uh, we need the protocol. So, how do you reach that balance? Yeah. Is what I think organizations will be looking at. So, how do you advise leaders and then leaders turning around to manage their teams to be more creative?
2: Well, I think first of all is remembering boundaries. Curious. <laughs> so being curious, curious is like, yeah. but also remembering boundaries. And there's been a lot of boundary violation in the past 15 months. I think we've gotten very comfortable judging people, telling them what to do, how to live, dumping our anxiety on other people. And I think this is getting in the way of effectiveness uh, when we're violating the boundaries of others, uh, or we let them violate our boundaries, so we let them dump their anxiety on us, Um that just gets in the way of clear thinking. It gets in the way of clear execution. So if we can calm ourselves down, focus on ourselves and what we really think and what's important to us, then we won't worry so much about other people. So um again, part of this is to your point about like thinking through like your policies. What what are your policies? What are you saying? Okay, here's what we're trying to achieve, right? how do we get this group of individuals to achieve what we're trying to achieve and a lot and a lot of my work with clients over the last 14 months has been not you know preventing the clients from overhelping preventing the clients from overfunctioning preventing the f- clients from doing things for others they they can do themselves and um because a lot of times that's a natural reaction to stress is you know doing more than you need to And I mean, we saw this with like, you know, some of the initial responses to the pandemic. I mean, you know, to be fair, we didn't know what we needed to be doing to stay safe. There was a lot of Mm -hmm. conflicting information. And I think a lot of people erred on the side of doing more than they needed to. And they they understood that they were doing more than they needed to. But I mean, at what point do we draw the line and say, okay, how am I doing this in other parts of my life? How am I doing this with how I lead others? Um, I have some clients who just, they just want to step in and be like, how can I make this person do this? And it's like, you can't, you can't make another person do another thing. I mean, obviously, you know, you have authority, you can use the stick, you can use the carrot. But at the end of the day, like, you can't really make the the will occur, you know what I mean? And so your results are going to be like, you know, essentially coercive, either positively coercive or negatively coercive, but essentially Mm -hmm. coercive. Um, But I think if we can get to the point where we look at the people that we work with, going back to that concept of like partnership, like I'm in a partnership with you, you are bringing your set of skills, you are bringing your set of strengths, you are bringing your maturity. And look, if they're not bringing maturity, if they're not bringing strengths, if they're not bringing skills, then maybe they don't belong there, right? That's that's another discussion. Yeah. But presuming that those people are bringing those things, and again, regardless of whether we're in a virtual environment, whether we're in a hybrid environment, whether we're in person, if we say, okay, you're bringing all these things, I'm bringing my things, other people are bringing their things, we're all trying to get this done, what we're trying to do, whatever the purpose of our organization or our little division is. And just letting people run with it more, I think is going to be necessary. um, Mm -hmm. for. Well, it sounds like, and I don't want to... um leaders
1: need to learn how to have different discussions. Mm -hmm. They they need to actually put that on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Given this situation, we're looking to, to achieve X. Mm -hmm. What are your
2: ideas for making that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. And maybe even getting to the point where, you know, I've observed that you've been really great at X, x y and z right so you know it would it would be great if you you know wanted to do more of that or a b and c whatever right having more open discussion i think what you're getting at Ginny, is more open direct communication right which we all know (laughs) would be more successful in a human relationship right open and 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 i think zoom as
1: much flack as we've had about zoom can actually encourage that because you're looking at people much more directly. And we've almost have learned in walking around the office um, to hide behind things.
2: Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, uh,
1: so we don't have to deal with it in- directly. Yes.
0: You, know, I, you can't I mean, do
1: that yeah. in a
2: virtual
0: environment. What I'm getting out from the talk is, um, you know, it used to be you would show up <laughs> and nine o'clock in the morning at work. And then you'd leave at six o'clock. And so my um my concerns if I'm your boss is what's happening between nine and six. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I'm not getting the full span of a human being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now the conversation, as as Jenny was saying, is it's okay, it's a little bit more complex. And then what you're saying, of course, Anne Marie is um, and it could be a lot more fun and a lot more fulfilling. Which is, you know, let's have a conversation. Um and instead of, you know, I know Anne Marie that you're in Virginia and we're you're mm-hmm. here in, let's say, DC, and so you don't want to come in into work every day. And so I'm gonna figure this out and I'm gonna figure out your childcare. And I'm it's like, why don't we just like stop?
2: Yes. Why don't you
0: ask Anne Marie what she needs?
2: Yes. Yes. You know,
0: and then of course what you're also saying is Anne Marie, you've got responsibility to figure out what you need
2: right that's right, that's right. So this yeah, is this, very this, this much is a hard. two-way street yeah. this is two-way street right yes and i think it's really more reflective of how adult human relationships really are uh or they you know we have the capability of being this way of course what gets in the way is we love we love telling people what to do We love having an an opinion about the right way and then trying to get everyone else on board with the right way. I mean, look, I'm recovering from this myself. I'm realizing (laughs) that, you know, as a coach, people, you know, even as a coach, not just as a consultant, but people come to me and they want to know what to do. And, you know, going, you know, you know, as you know, full well. The more we tell people what to do, we're, we're kind of undermining their their faith in themselves. They're undermining a little bit that maturity that they have to, to bring to the problem solving equation, right? So, and
1: some people then will step up to that.
2: Yes, that's right. oh,
1: good question. Let me think about that. Here's what I need from you, leader, and yes. here's what I can give you, leader. Yes, others. Yes. Are still in the mindset of just give me the answer because it's Mm -hmm. too hard for me to step up to that responsibility.
2: You know, it just goes back to what they were saying about how the pandemic has accelerated like the changes that were coming to the workplace inevitably, but it has like Mm. it's it's, like made like twenty years of change happen in like you know um, a year. Yeah, and I think that getting out of that mindset of just telling me what to do that was coming anyhow. (laughs) And the pandemic accelerated it. Yes. Um, As it has many things. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think that if you're somebody who sort of get, gets drunk on power, telling people what to do uh, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're never going to have the results that maybe somebody who is taking more of a point of view of letting people be responsible for themselves and just saying, Hey, let's, let's, I'm going to, I'm going to talk it through with you and, you know, offer up some ideas, but you tell me what you think is going to work best for you. But then once we have created this arrangement where you've given me your feedback, now I'm going to turn around and hold you accountable for what you said is going to work. There you go. Right. Cause again, getting back to this idea of two way street. And I think, you know, if you're running a company, if you're a senior leader, you want people to be accountable for results, right? Um, you you know, theoretically, you shouldn't you know, want to kind of control people more than I need these results from you, theoretically, right? Um, but if you realize that if people come to that solution themselves, they're way more likely to produce the results that you're desiring I feel like that would be really thought of as a win-win as a leader, right? Cuz you're getting the results that you need and you're not having to handhold as much. It's just asking yourself, are you ready for that, right? And again, you have to have the right team in place that you can actually, you know, that has the maturity to be able to run with things on their own. So as a leader, you have to test that in a new mm-hmm. way.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, almost almost in a way start over with each person cuz they're all now Experiencing something new. Yes. Yes. Love it. Love it. So, what are your major
2: recommendations for leaders going forward? (laughs) So, I know I've said this many times. I'll repeat myself like, just remember that you can only control yourself, right? It's just a good, good old, like, you know, resilience practice. Uh, you know, also, you know, going back to Viktor Frankl, like you know, between stimulus and response, there lies freedom. We get to choose our reaction to what's happening around us, and like you can see this writ large in the pandemic. Going back to the people who have really, you know, continued to grow in their professional development in their careers during this time, they haven't let the pandemic like you know kill them. They haven't let the pandemic like you know kill their spirit and their and their ambition and their desires. They have chosen their response to this very unfortunate circumstance. Right. Um, so I think the other thing is recognizing that this is a time of great change and that people react to change differently. Right. Try not to get emotionally wrapped up in what is happening around you and people's reactions um, and just understand that they're dealing with what they're dealing with. You're dealing with what, what you're dealing with. Um, you know, it, it, try not to go into that place of judgment because it's just like it's it's emotional, it's frustrating, it's anxiety inducing. It doesn't really allow for, you know, best work. Um, but I think also recognizing that our postures in the past 13 months have been like a result of a crisis. It's going to take some time to sort of unlearn some things, mm. um, and some people have gotten really cozy in this new posture, and you might not be able <laughs> to coax them out of it. So it, maybe it sounds a little bit, uh, you know, contradictory. But like on one hand, you have to understand that people are in this sort of crisis, crisis posture. But on the other hand, we also need to help coax them out of it. You know, uh-huh. and again. Right. We're not doing that by telling them what they need to be doing. We're doing that by reminding them of what they're capable of, reminding them of their strengths, reminding them of what is important to them, and then hopefully they rise to the challenge and bring get, that to the game. They get out yeah. of the cozy bed. They want to get back in the game, or they don't. Right. Right. Yeah. Um,
1: right. uh, and by and, uh, perhaps poor word, I didn't mean game, game, but get back to. Mm-hmm. What it means for you to be a leader or a really good team member so everyone is is bringing their best.
2: Yes, yes. I think that's right. I think that's right. Um, there was this weird time in the pandemic where it was like everyone, there was like this fuzzy time in the middle sort of where at first we all would just like hurried up and like, you know, got out of the office and everybody was like, you know, safe, right? Try to be safe at home. And then we, we got into this this time where we were like, okay, this is what we're doing right now. And then I think that this is this is now a whole new set of spaces. So I think just understanding, like, how do we coax people out? How do we say, okay, you know what, remember what was important to you, right? Like, um, I think it's going to be super interesting because you see all these headlines every day about people quitting the workforce and, you know, taking early retirement and they no longer want to be on the, the, the hamster wheel and all this stuff. <laughs> and I wonder, Ginny, if this is, and Mitch, that if this is just another example of anxiously responding to where we are right now, and the people might turn around in six to 12 months going, oh my God, what did I do? Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. No, that,
1: that is very true. Um, so. And that is why one of our guests mentioned look look at things in two week blocks. Mm, yes, right? yes, uh, be, yes. and then rethink because yes. because of the change. And I want to yes. just highlight one other thing as we get near the end here is I love your you know be um, curious um, and look at play. And mm-hmm. look at mm-hmm. hey, you're in a TV show, you're in a movie, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of leaders are going. You know what? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So they turn to their team wherever they are in the world and say, "Let's create this new movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, what are our roles? What do you want to be? What you know? And and let's make it fun.
2: Yep. Um, so right. I, I love those pieces that you're bringing. Right. We have this overarching goal in mind, but we, we learn now that we don't have to use the old way of getting to that goal,
1: but you right. know,
2: So we have options. So let's let's do some interesting things with that. Yeah, we have more options
1: now, in Mm -hmm. fact, if you choose to see the world that way. that's All right, Anne-Marie, how can people
2: find you? (laughs) Well, where are you? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So uh, I would love for you. So first of all, my website is PowerLabPartners.com. And I'd love for you to reach out uh, to me on LinkedIn, very active on LinkedIn. So uh, my name is, as, I said, as, as Mitch said at the beginning, Anne-Marie Spadafore at LinkedIn. And uh, my email address is just Anne-Marie, A-N-N-E-M-A-R-I-E, at powerlabpartners.com. So I'd love to hear from from all of you. I'd love to hear you reach out, share your stories, uh you know, bring me, bring me your gripes, bring me, (laughs) bring me your successes, all of that, right? And your book? Yes, the book, the book, the book is titled There's Only I in Team, and it will be out this December. So uh, take, you know, keep watching for that. There'll be lots of updates and highlights on LinkedIn. So please connect with me on LinkedIn, you can get all the most recent updates and highlights and and follow me along this exciting, exciting book writing journey. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes.
0: yes. Well, great. Well, this has been just a fantastic, Emory. I just, you know, I'm really inspired because I, I, I do think what you're bringing to the world is for people to um, really take that leap of you know, bringing them their whole, their whole selves to work, like uh, Mike Robin shared in, in his podcast. But, mm-hmm. but really, um, I think mm-hmm. this will really forward having authentic, bold conversations because now everything is at stake and everything is important yeah. and it's time for uh, leaders to go like, I don't have the answer. How are we going to do this? What are we going to do? And I, yeah. and I just love that new time. Yes. All right. Yeah. And let's take about advantage time, of that our time is up. So thank you, anne
1: Thank you. Uh,
0: Jenny, uh, thank you to all of our wonderful listeners. If you've loved this episode and you've loved anne please share this episode with your friends and colleagues and share it on social media. And uh, we look forward to our next episode with you um, of Team Anywhere.